How many of you enjoyed worship time? God is good. It's good. When I get to my sermon, the, the, the one story, and I'm, I'm going to be preaching on receiving this morning. And the scripture I, I have, um, receiving and believing, they go hand in hand. They're like twins. Receiving, believing, like twins. And the story that came to my mind as, as Joshua was leading in the song the, that the hills melt like wax, the, the, the scripture that came to mind was, was the father who had that, that demonic son that this, the disciples could not um, deliver him from. Brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said to the man, do you believe And the father said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And this morning as I was standing in worship, that was like, I, I, now I don't know if there's anybody here this morning with that sense in their heart is like, you're going through something and it's like, Lord, I believe your word, but it's hard. <laughs> I'm challenged. I'm struggling. And, and I just felt that in my spirit. Lord, help my unbelief. And today I, I'm going to be speaking on receiving and believing. And I just wanted to share that just because I really think God is going to speak to us. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Amen. But I wanted to share a story. Yesterday I was, I was in the gym. And... Uh, I bring my, my own music, and I, I listen to this music, but as I was standing there, or, no, I wasn't standing, as I was exercising, they got this TV going up in, in kind of the, just, uh, just up to the left, and there was figure skating, and I don't watch figure skating. You know, I can, I watch most sports, but... The only figure skating I watch is when the Olympics and it's a Canadian or a Canadian duo. And today, or yesterday, on the screen, um, <laughs> I'm going to get emotional. I don't know why, but there was, it was pairs. And I don't know if you ever watched them. You know, I, I, I've watched a little bit, like I said, in the Olympics. But the song that I was listening to and I, did, I didn't cry in the gym, so, but <laughs> I didn't, but the song that I was listening to is, um, without you, I'm nothing, but with you, Lord, I have everything. And I just kind of was, as I'm listening, I'm, I'm watching watching the figure skating, and it's amazing when you just, I don't know why, why I watched it, why I caught this this particular time, but just the way they move together, the perfect unity. I was just sitting there, and, and this, this is, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He just said, that's you and me. Like I said, I didn't cry yesterday, but just now thinking. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. Is such a unity with you. And, and literally, I'm watching and he goes, would you let me throw you like that? Would you let me send you out like that? Will, will you follow me and get your movements perfectly timed with my movements? While I'm exercising, and I'm, I'm, I sweat a little bit, it's not a pretty sight, but what God was saying was absolutely beautiful. 
And this morning, as I was, as I was, as I was on the elliptical, God said, I want you to share that this morning. And I want you just to, I don't know how many of you have ever watched pairs figure skating. I want you to just close your eyes and just imagine that. Just, just take a minute. Just close your eyes and just, and the Holy Spirit says, where are you on the ice? Where are you? Where are you? Are you are you there right by my side? Moving in step. Where are you? Oh, Holy Spirit, this morning as we just take a minute here. God, touch our hearts to make us more aware of where you are. God, touch our hearts. Make us more aware of where you are so we can follow you, so that we can be in step with you, so that we will be close to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 That's like the crescendo of the... <laughs> uh, over the last... It was about two weeks ago. I, 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 I go for walks in the morning and, and I just love psalms and I'll just go... But about two weeks ago, there's another passage that's probably one of my most favorite is John 1 like 1 through about 15, 16. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. And I just, I just love that passage. And kind of one of the, the, the highlights is when you get down, well, I guess you can't say highlight. It's, it's just all really good. But what stuck out to me was down in verse, and, and we don't have, we, we had a malfunction, We've had a couple malfunctions this couple, last couple weeks with computers and electronics, and it's amazing to think of what we did without them. Um, but our, our big screens kind of, there's a little connection. But, so you're going to just have to follow me as I read. John 1, and I think it's verse 10, 11. He came unto his own, Jesus. The Word became flesh. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become. That's what I want to focus on. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God, but of God. Or sorry, not of the will of man, but of God. A couple of things I just want to point out. It says, but as many as received him, and it says, even to them that believe. That's where I just... I want to go from my notes for a little bit here before I just kind of get wound up. I'm going to try to stay stationary for a few minutes and just kind of go over all this amazing stuff I, I put on paper before I leave my paper. But receive. Receive means to take. We get the idea of receiving is like something, somebody just hands something to you and you have no involvement. But scripturally... To receive is to actually take a hold of, take possession of. It's not like somebody coming up to you and dumping a bucket of water on you and you receive a bucket of water on you. Receiving is 
Somebody handing you something and you take it and you hold on to it. And you take possession of it. You admit it to yourself. To accept what is offered. He came unto his own. He made himself available to his own. He offered himself to his own and his own rejected him. But as many as take a hold of him. Jesus comes and he offers himself to you. To literally take a hold of. And you might say, I don't understand how I do that to, to Jesus. It's in your heart. You take a hold of what he said. You take a hold of what he did in your spirit. That's where believing comes into play. Because here in this passage, it's the, the two of them get married together. Believing is to be persuaded of. What are you persuaded of? As I was, as I was just thinking about this over the whole week, I'm not very good at writing things down, so I, I think about all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then I forget about it. But So I'm gonna, you're going to only get about half a sermon because I'm going to forget half of my other. But to be persuaded to, to receive. What are you persuaded of? As I was thinking, the, the, the story of Zechariah in the temple. And Gabriel comes and says, you're going to have a son, John the Baptist. And he says, this is where his persuasion was. It was unbelief. He said, that can't happen. That is what he was persuaded. When it goes down a couple more verses. I don't have the exact verses because I wasn't prepared for this. But th this is where his persuasion lied. It says, Elizabeth, his wife, wasn't known as Elizabeth. She was known as the barren one. She was called barren. That's what the people in the town would call, oh, Elizabeth, oh, the barren one. And so, Zechariah, what did he know for all of his married life? My wife is barren. We cannot have children. So even when the angel appeared, he could not receive what the angel spoke because he had already been persuaded of something else. What are you persuaded of? Because what you're persuaded of affects what you can receive. If all your life, oh, I'm lousy at sports, I know good for nothing, I can't do that, I can't run fast, blah, blah, blah. That's what you're persuaded of. All your life, I, I get C's and D's and oh, I'll never amount to any. I'll never amount to anything. And we build in ourselves a persuasion. And even when God comes and speaks something over you, you can't receive it. My first, I'm going to jump right to my first principle, to accept to lay hold or to grasp on something, you must let go of something else. Too many of us have so much on our plate, words spoken over us, past failures, hindrances, obstacles, and we're carrying all of that, and we're burdened down with all of that, 
That even when God comes himself and speaks over you, you've got so much past garbage, that burden, we heard that this morning, burden that we're carrying, we can't lay a hold and we cannot receive what God has for us. In Romans chapter 6, it's an extremely powerful passage, but it talks about being alive unto God. And if you're alive to God, then you are dead to sin. And if you yield yourself to your members, yield yourself to righteousness, you have turned your back on the works of unrighteousness. You can't be in both places at the same time. If you want to receive from God, you've got to let go of something else. If you want to accept His thoughts about you, you've got to get rid of some of the thoughts that have been planted in you, whether by other people, by, by the world system, or even your own thoughts about yourself. You've got to get rid of those thoughts in order to receive what God has said about you. We've had lots of people, special services we have where a ministry comes in and they're, they're, they're a healing ministry. We've even had in our own people get healed. Two days later, the same nagging issue comes back. What, uh, I knew it wasn't true. I don't know how many of you had that happen to you. Something miraculous by God himself touching you. Two days later, that thing wants to come back. And you take a hold of it. You take a hold of it. And the, the words are, uh, yeah, I guess that's not for me. I don't know how many of you ever, I guess that's not for me. Oh, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue. I, I guess that's not for me. Receiving takes some perseverance. That's number three. I skipped number two, but I'll get back to it. Going to give you the whole load today. Receiving takes, it takes some digging in. I got... I got a few issues with my body. Was my knee. I had surgery on a wisdom tooth that uh, when they pulled it out, they got too close to my nasal passage. And then um, I blew my nose one time and it popped a hole between my nasal passage and my gums. And it just irritates every day. Every day. And, or when I think about it, when God just, I say, thank you, Lord, for your, I, and I say this, you don't have to say this. I say, thank you, Lord, for your health, your wholeness, your prosperity over this body. I say it. doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter, like, oh, this will never go away. I guess I'm like this for the rest of my life. No. I am persuaded of God's healing power. I am persuaded. It doesn't matter that Shaunine had to go through the surgery rather than the cancer just immediately. I'm persuaded that she is healed. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the physical circumstances, it doesn't even matter what the facts might say. I said it before, facts can change. In about three days, you won't see the sunshine because there'll be clouds. Does that mean the sun is gone? But it means the weather has changed. The fact of the sun shining, now clouds, now it's going to rain, and now we won't have frost in the morning. It's just the fact has changed. So facts can change, but truth, who God is, the fact that God is a healer, that what Jesus did at the cross does, has not changed. I might not see it. And so every day, I go, when I go for my walk, my knee clicks a little bit. I say, 
Thank you, Lord. And I smack my knee. Thank you, Lord, for your health, your wholeness, your prosperity in this body. And then I just start going through every joint, every ligament, every muscle, every organ, every system. of, And I just, I, de- I declare, I speak. And people might think I look crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen me go for my walk. But I'm, I don't rant and rave, but I'm talking. <laughs> I sometimes say, I hope there's nobody on the other side of that fence because they're going to think I'm really crazy. But, but I speak it over myself. I speak it over myself because I'm persuaded. I am persuaded. Paul said to Timothy, I am pers-, he, he was going through some persecution, Paul. He said, this is what he says to Timothy, but I am persuaded that he is able in the midst of what he was going through, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him. And it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. I thank God for the health, the wholeness, and the prosperity in this body. And I do my best not to do stupid things to my body, but try to do healthy things, to, to line up myself with the words that I'm speaking over myself. But there is a persuasion in me, and I say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. And then I do things that line up with receiving it. I try to eat healthy. I try to exercise a little bit. I, yeah, I exercise and I eat well. And I, and I go to bed on time most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes that's on the couch at about 9.30. <laughs> but to lay hold and to accept what Jesus is offering, you've got to let go of something. You got to let go. To receive something, there are times where we have to contend for it. Picture I, the picture I, that came to my mind when this phrase went through my mind was Jacob wrestling. He wrestled with an angel, which most theologians think was God himself in the form of an angel. He wrestled, and he said, I'm not letting go until. And he wouldn't let go. And it says they wrestled all night. And finally, the day was coming, and they needed to get on with the day. But Jacob wrestled. He contended. He said, no, this is for me. How many of us give up? on our dreams, give up on our passions, give up on the gifting that God placed in you. Maybe the going gets rough. That's when the rough. It's, it's like the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. To receive, you got to take a hold of it and you got to hang on. Hang on. Jude tells us, he's he's writing and he says, oh, you know what, I was going to write this letter about our common salvation. You know, know, a nice flowery kind of letter, but he says, I felt the Spirit just telling me, you got to contend for your faith. And then he goes into how all these people are abusing the faith and they're like ravenous wolves trying to grab you and tear you away. And he says, you got to contend. You got to contend. I just see the picture of that father saying, Lord, I believe, but I could just sense, I felt it this morning, the passion. Lord, help my aunt. I want to. Grab a hold of this. I want this so bad. 
help my unbelief strengthen that thing that maybe wants to let go. I want to hang on tighter. We give up on something, on our dreams too easily. See, I knew it wouldn't last. Uh, now that was too good to be true. Not for me. Give up. Receiving takes perseverance and digging. Think of David. How many years? I think somebody calculated roughly on basically a, when it says he was a lad when he was a young boy when he got anointed. It was about 13 years-ish. And he ran from Saul. And he ran from Saul. And he got persecuted here, even to a point where his own guys, the rebel, his little rebel squad wanted to kill him. He persevered and he dug in. It says he strengthened himself in the Lord. He, when everybody wanted to forsake him, he clung tighter. He clung tighter to God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. What price are you willing to pay? What's it worth to you? What's it worth to become what's it worth to become what God has called you to be? He calls us an, a, a kingdom of priests and kings unto him. What, what are you willing to do to, to, to see that happen? Because it is up to you. It's up to you. God does his part. He comes in and he joins his exousia, his power. He gives us power to become. But he gives that power to those who receive. So the decision, step two is yours. Step one is he offers himself and says, this is what's available. Step two is you. So I'm going to receive it. I'm going to become persuaded of it. Some, some of you have had amazing things spoken over you. You just don't believe it. I don't, I'm not trying to offend you. Oh. But you're not persuaded. That's what belief means, is to be persuaded. It's not this flower, oh, I believe the Bible, but it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> you're not persuaded. I'm persuaded even if I don't see what it says happening. I'm persuaded. We got to get that into our spirit. I am persuaded. I'm fully confident in what it says. Our level of becoming, whatever that is that God has spoken over, coincides with our level of receiving. What is your level? What is your level of persuasion? I'm tired this morning. I think I'll take the day off. Oh, got other plans. Oh, the weather's amazing out there. Perfect, perfect kayaking weather. So I'm going to, uh, I'll catch up on God next week. Oh, look at the snow. Man, the mountains must be really good. Oh, God. God, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship you on my skis today. What is your level of persuasion? Do you drop everything? Can you drop everything? What are you alive to? Are you more alive to sports, your career, entertainment, activities than you are to God? It boils down as simply to Boy, Dave, Pastor David, you, you always have such good messages. And I'm always just like, <laughs> everybody gets quiet with me. Everybody's like, amen. 
with Pastor Dave, and everybody's quiet and looking at me like, oh, I'm just about done. <laughs> there, okay, good. Okay, I'll keep going then. <laughs> what is your level of conviction? If, I mean, we, we, we do it all the time in the natural. We see the hockey parents take their child to hockey rink four or five o'clock in the morning, three, four, five times a week. We see that level of persuasion that their child is the next Wayne Gretzky. And they are persuaded, so they, they, they just go all in. It's not, it's not the, uh, the once or twice a week thing. You know, the drop-in hockey. You know, you can take your, your child to a less competitive level of hockey, but no. They believe, they are persuaded, and they will do everything that it takes to get their, their child to to get to the NHL. They will do everything. They, the sacrifices. The sacrifices that are made. Time. Their energy. Like some of those. The, the way they organize this stuff. The, the money that is spent. The inconveniences. They will do. They are so persuaded. That they're going to give this child. The best opportunity. And when it comes to their spiritual life. Nothing left. There's nothing. And we give, we, I am going to get to the message on, on financial territory. Because it's a saying, we give God the leftovers. And sometimes there's nothing left over. And God gets the short end of the stick. And, and so in the natural, somebody graduates from high school and they're going to pursue a legal career to become a lawyer. The amount of time, the energy, the sacrifice, the forsaking of friends, the forsaking of a social life, the forsaking of everything to educate themselves and get into the law school that they want to go to. Everything gets pushed aside. And we see it all the time in the natural, and we applaud them. We do. We say, wow, man, you, you are dedicated. And we applaud them for that. Spiritual life is in a shambles. Your level of becoming what the Word says about you and what God speaks over you. Your level of becoming that is dependent on your level of receiving Him. Are you giving God your leftovers? Or are you giving Him the first fruits? How many of you, re you rehearsed? I mean, you study for exams. I'm Cleo, Cleo studies. I'm driving her to school and I'm paying full attention to the road, but also reading her questions to her for her study. <laughs> and we quiz all the way to the school and we rehearse. How many of you have rehearsed what God spoke over you? How many of you it, wrote it down? Have you written it down? Do you talk to God about it? I wrote down, God isn't intimidated by your questions. He's not into, I mean, Psalms 13, I believe it is. I, I remember Psalms 13 because it's, it's what people typically call the unlucky number. But, it, but this is the psalm. How long, O oh Lord? <laughs> How long? I think he says it like four or five times. How long, oh Lord? How? God's not intimidated. He's more than willing to share. 
But how many do you, how many of you rehearse? I listened to a, um, a message by a gentleman who God had spoken something over him, and he was so desperate for it, and there was so much opposition naturally and spiritually to where God wanted to take. He said, I wrote it down, and it got to the point where I was so passionate, I read it every 15 minutes to revive my spirit about what God said. Wow. Now that's passionate about what God spoke. I talk to God every single morning. I say, and I thank, I don't complain. I say, thank you, Lord, for what you said about me. I think, and I might not see it now, Lord, but I know you control all the events that are going to lead up to this. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm in your timing and I'm in your hands. And I, listen, submit to the Lord, resist the devil. And what happens? He will flee. The devil, that is, not not God. (laughs) And, And, Lord, I submit to your plan for my life. Whichever, it doesn't matter what I see. We get so caught up in what we see. And we get so caught up. Do you know that you can renew your mind no matter what your circumstance is? Be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. You can be transformed no matter what the circumstances are. It costs you nothing in the sense of, of, of money or uh, ch- trying to change the circumstances. Or Your circumstances can be exactly the same and you can be transformed. Be transformed by the, the way you think. The renewing of your mind. And it doesn't matter what's going on, you can be still transformed. You can still be transformed. And then when the circumstances do change, you're ready to go. Some of us, we get so caught up we don't do any transforming. And then when God's timing is there, we're not ready. <laughs> and then, oh, I guess that was too good to be true as the boat sails off. Well, no, no, you could have been on that boat. <laughs> you could have been there. <laughs> if you would have just put a little time and energy into some studying and in some... How many of you have memorized some scripture over the last couple months? Memorize something. I think I've said it every single time I've preached. The best thing in the morning is memorize one scripture. I mean, I've read, and I've said it also, I'll repeat it. I've read a whole chapter in Proverbs. I used to do Proverbs every day. Read a whole chapter, close the Bible, and forget everything I read. Think, okay, okay, what was I supposed to do? What was, what was, and I decided I'm going to memorize one scripture verse. And then it's with me all day long. So how are you doing with some scripture memorization? Stuff that'll stick with you. It's amazing. You memorize a scripture and how useful it'll be. <laughs> it's amazing how God does that. I don't know. I don't know how. Well, I know how he does it because he, he, knows, he knows the end from the beginning. So. He knows what I'm going to eat for lunch. Hopefully it's not my words. <laughs> but uh, but you can, you can trans, transform. You know, I had a real amazing thought. Just in the middle of having coffee with somebody. Just so you know, gentlemen, when I, when I come to have coffee with you, I pray all the way and even during the day ahead of time. I pray about what we're going to talk about. And I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And it's amazing. I I had coffee with this one fella. And this thought just came to me. And then I I refined it. But (laughs) here, 
You know, back in the 80s when China was just starting to, to come up in, in the ranks of being, you know, um, they, they were really um, low-tech. And then in the 70s and the 80s, they would, they would buy American products or Japanese products, and they would rip the whole thing apart. But as they, they ripped it apart, they would document everything so they could rebuild it again. They call it reverse engineering. So, what is the end product that God wants? Does he want your talent? Does he want your giftings? Does he want your personality? Your charisma? He says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth to find the strongest, fittest man. No. He says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to look for a heart that is completely, it says perfect, but it means completely, wholly his. Now what does that cost you in the sense of money? In the, in the sense of disaster everywhere around you, what, it, it doesn't cost you anything to have your heart completely his. Now that's reverse engineering. What does God want? A heart that's completely his. A heart that's fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. That completely, wholly, 100% is persuaded of him. That goes hand in hand with receiving. So what is he looking for? Someone that will completely take a hold of him. Doesn't matter about your talents and gifts. They're useless if without him. They're worthless. You'll be like a branch that gets cut off, that withers up. Men find them, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. But if you reverse engineer and say, okay, God, here's my heart that's completely yours. Everything I'm about, every thought process, if it doesn't line up with what, you, what you're saying and what you think about me, I reject it, and I receive, and I take a hold, and I renew myself. I transform myself by the renewing of my mind. If you do that, then you will become 100% guaranteed. You will become. Because as many as receive him, to them gives, he gives the power to become. Exousia. Divine ability is yours if you've received him and he knows he's got your heart. Then it says, he, his eyes look to and through to show himself mighty on behalf of of those whose heart. Hmm. I'm going to go back to the beginning. This morning when I was worshiping, I, just, I could just feel that father faced with a situation that nobody could deal with. brought him to the scribes, the Pharisees, the doctors, the, the disciples. Nobody could do anything. Is there a situation that nobody can do anything about? And God is saying, do you believe me? Do you believe me? And maybe some of you are in that position. God, I believe, but I got some unbelief. <laughs> I just felt that in my spirit this morning. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I believe. I, and, and you're at the end of whatever rope 
Maybe there's relationships that you just, nothing you can do. Maybe there's health issues. You're at the end. Nothing. Financial situations. Job, career situations. And there's absolutely, you just, and you're like that father. I, I, he, he comes to Jesus and says, I've been, I've been through everything that I possibly can do. I have searched out everybody. And I've went down. I've even come to your disciples. Jesus, this morning, God's just saying, do you believe me? Are you persuaded of me? Are you persuaded of me? Are you persuaded? And this morning, God is saying, I'm here, and I'm going to help your unbelief. I'm going to help, I'm going to help you receive, but the receiving is a joint effort. Are you willing to do your part to receive? It's a joint effort. God's more than, he, God's already done the most anybody could ever do. Sacrificing the Father, allowing His Son to be sacrificed. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine or think of that. To the point where Jesus becomes sin for us and God can't even, the Father can't even look at the Son God's come there and says, I've got the power for you to become everything that I've said you could be. Everything in my word that I've spoken about you, I have the power and I can impart it into you and I, I'm actually offering it to you. It's there. Are you willing to receive it? That's on you. That's on me. There are things I've let go. In the natural. Just throughout, <laughs> I've let go. I've had to. Because I'm so persuaded of what God wants to do and what, what God has said about me. I'm so persuaded. I'm willing to let go. And God is saying, it's, it's all right here. And it's, I, I, I generally find, through all my counseling that I do and talking to people, people aren't unsure of what they have to do. <laughs> Right now, God is, he speaks to each of us differently. But he speaks to us. And we know what we have to do. <laughs> Are you willing? <laughs> Are you willing to do it? <laughs> Are you willing to dig in? Are you willing to let go of some stuff? Are you willing to persevere? Are you willing? Are you willing? Says God, God says, I'm willing. I've done it. It's here. I've got the power that, that's required for you to become. Are you willing to receive? Let's stand this morning. If you're like that father... Coming to Jesus and I've done everything that I know. Jesus says, do you believe? He says, yeah, Lord, I believe. I've come to you. 
but help my unbelief. If that's you this morning, I want you just, just to lift your hands to, to, to God, to the Father. Say, Lord, that's me. I've done everything. I've hit a dead end. I've hit a brick wall. I'm in a cul-de-sac. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my resources. At the end of my abilities. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, what, what you are requiring of me, I'm willing to take that step. I got to change the way I think. I'll turn certain avenues off to my mind and I'll open up new ones in your word. I got to change the way I think. I got to change the way I relate. I'll shut down certain relationships and pursue other ones. I got to stop some of the activities I'm involved in. I'm going to stop them and I'm going to pick up new activities that glorify you, that build my relationship with you. But Lord, whatever it takes to change my unbelief and to become per fully persuaded, I'm going to do that this morning. I commit myself to a renewing of my mind. A renewing of my mind. No matter what the circumstances, situations, Lord, I will renew my mind. Become more like you. To become closer to you. To, to, to be able to move in greater harmony with what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're saying. Move in greater harmony with what you, with you. Lord, this morning... Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great, great afternoon.